0: The Museum of Teaching and Learning welcomes you to another episode of our series, Teaching in Times of COVID, stories dedicated to the experience of educators in public, private, and home teaching settings. I'm Denise Steedman, your host. Today, we're joined by Allison and Sam, both are elementary school teachers in Orange County. Allison and Sam, welcome.
1: Thank you for having us. Thank you very much.
0: Let me ask from the beginning, how did you two meet? Were you, did you meet in school, or since you're both teachers, did you go to the same school? How did that happen?
1: No, actually we met at my cousin's wedding. My cousin married his best friend, and um, we just got to talking and figured out that we were both um, in education. I was getting my credential at the time, and Sam was already an elementary school teacher.
0: And did you, what path did you take to teaching? Um, were you both planning to teach elementary grades, and what grades do you teach right now?
2: Uh, I teach fourth grade, and and I.
1: I teach third grade, currently, and. Um, I knew I I always wanted to help out my community, so I dabbled with the thoughts of maybe possibly becoming a police officer or maybe something in the medical field, and then I came upon um, education and felt that I could make the biggest difference there, and um, I'm really grateful that I chose that path because it's been very rewarding.
0: And Sam, was that the same for you? Were you always looking to teach in the elementary school level?
2: Yeah, yeah, I was.
0: I was, it, you know, worked out kind of like the plan. So, did you start uh, your your undergrad? Was that in in education, or how did you come to uh, uh, be a it, teacher?
2: It kind of came about a little bit later uh, in the in my college experience. Uh, I was a sociology major, um, and then later on kind of in my, uh, in my studies, I, it led me to education and, uh, yeah, it, it all worked out.
0: And sociology, of course, is a big aid to teaching yes. at all levels. So yes. that must have served you well. Yes. Uh, let me ask you about the March 2020 COVID shutdown, that, that uh, March, Friday the 13th that we all remember. Could each of you tell us how you were notified by your school and what was your reaction? L- let me just say this for our listeners: you do not teach at the same school, we correct?
1: Do not. No, that's correct. But
0: in the same school district, yes. is that correct? correct? Yes. So, Sam, would you would you start?
2: Uh, yeah, it would it, you know March thirteenth, twenty twenty, and. Uh, it, it, there had been some information uh, leading up to that date that uh, led us to believe that something might have been coming. Um, so it was a, a pretty interesting week um, leading up to that date, March 13th. Um, but uh, on that date, we were all sort of following the news of uh, Los Angeles Unified as they were sort of the uh, leading the way, and, and uh, you know everybody was following what they were doing um, so I remember quite early that morning nine o'clock or so Los Angeles unified had announced that they were going to be shutting down uh, due to the pandemic and um, so the speculation was pretty high and uh, you know we were just kind of waiting for that moment waiting for the announcement and by about lunchtime that day March 13th I remember our our district had, announced that they were going to be following suit and uh, shutting down and at that time we'd only thought it was just going to be a couple of weeks so um, but yeah it was it was very very sudden after Los Angeles Unified announced what they were doing
0: and others have said that it was very close to spring break so that was it, it didn't seem as long term as, uh, as it, it ended up being yeah. Um, Allison, wh- how was the, how were you notified at your school?
1: Uh, similar, um, we heard some rumblings, but we weren't officially notified. At lunchtime, that was the talk of the lunch table. Everyone was, you know, checking their phones and looking for updates and. Um, We even had some teachers quite distraught, and one even started crying just because of the anxiety and the unknown of this virus that was outbreaking so quickly. And then um, after lunch, that's when we were notified officially that we had two hours to um, close down our classrooms for what we were told two to three weeks and that's what we thought was going to happen that it would literally be three weeks so I just frantically um stapled together some work packets for my students and we had our um, technician um assistant you know frantically unraveling um power cords for Chromebook computers to send home with students and um you know, I left everything on my walls and I just told the kids, you know, do what you can at home and I'll see you back in two weeks. And then lo and behold, we know that was much longer. Uh, but at that time, we literally thought it would be it, just a two week break.
0: Did you find that your uh, students, Sam, let me ask you this, um, that your students were a little shocked that this was uh, unexpected for them? And this rush to get home or parents uh, frantically trying to pick up kids. And and how did you unwind the school day?
2: Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I can recall all week long. I mean, not just the teachers and staff. Uh, it wasn't just us that had sort of that sense of anxiety and that sense of unknown. Uh, I think the students knew... Sort of what was going on, I'm sure they didn't really quite know the extent of what was going on and and what the pandemic really meant. They just sort of knew there was something going on um, and and maybe perhaps not knowing exactly what it was made them a little bit uneasy and and I could sense that um, but uh, you know i I remember as we were frantically getting ready to send them home for that uh possibly two or you know three week break uh you know we were just trying to calm them down so i i i just put on a movie <laughs> which never i never do uh and uh you know that's when the the, the chaos began and, and i tried but i tried to keep it you know uh, uh somewhat subdued uh mm-hmm. and so that they wouldn't notice what was going on and just cranked away and tried to unplug all of the Chromebooks and, and their, our uh, technology assistant does a pretty good job keeping them nice and tidy and so it was a lot of work trying to unplug everything and pass everything out and um, it, was, it was a chaotic afternoon right after that, that you know, rainy lunchtime day.
1: Oh yeah, it was raining on top of all that. that.
2: Yeah,
0: I'd forgotten uh, that. Mm-hmm. That's uh, a yeah. good memory. It was
2: an interesting day.
1: <laughs> um, s- similar situation. Um, just um, tried to keep calm in front of them, even though I didn't really know exactly myself what was going on. Um, and, you know, just talked to them about taking care of their Chromebooks for the two weeks that would be gone. And um, they didn't seem – I teach third grade, so they didn't seem – that distraught at the time. I don't think they really understood what was going on. They saw it more like a spring, early spring break. <laughs> so a couple of them were cheering a little bit when we, the principal made the official announcement to the school over the, the um, PA. So I think they thought in their minds it was just like, like I said, an early spring break. Uh, a
0: little mini vacation right. thrown in there. Both of you have mentioned um, getting the students' Chromebooks Uh, together having all of the tools they needed to go home with so can both of you um, each uh, Sam you can start uh, talk about the technology that your school district has provided for you so that the sounds like the students were used to taking their technology home with them and using it which of course as we know next
2: (laughs) yeah they actually weren't um, used to, to doing oh. that. That was something that they, they, we weren't doing. Um, so that's why it was such a big shock to us to be unplugging all of this technology and, and passing it out to them to say, here, you get to keep it now. And we were like, well, what if it doesn't come back? Um, so it, it was actually very, very new, not to just the teachers, but also the students. Um, but not only did they get the Chromebook and the charger, but over the following weeks um, the district um, because of course a lot of the students in our district don't have you know they may have had the chromebook but they might not have had the infrastructure to support um, uh, an online environment on their device and so the district had to quickly figure out well how are we going to get internet service to these kids and so uh, I, I one of one of the internet service providers um, I, I wish I could remember the name of the company, but uh, they were able to provide hotspots for each of the children and so they over the next two or three weeks children had to come in and pick up their hotspot so that they can then use their Chromebook from home uh, with a district provided hotspot so that was a it was a big undertaking um, and we really couldn't get going until all of that began so
0: well, and we've heard many stories about students not having access to the Internet. So you're fortunate, it sounds like, to have these hotspots, these little uh, uh, yeah. small hotspots yes. that they could use at home. Because you both work for a very large school district, yes, correct? Yes, very large, yeah. Yes. And your children, your students are younger, so can you talk to...
1: Um, oh, well, they all yes, they also received a Chromebook. Same situation. Um, however, once all the hotspots were delivered, we even stumbled upon even more. This is down the line um, technology issues because in many households there's multiple children and multiple students using that one little hotspot. So the Wi-Fi was very very inconsistent. Which was problematic when we started our instruction a little bit later down the line um, using Microsoft Teams. Um, so,
0: let's, uh, because this is the first time that we've interviewed a couple who are both teachers, could you tell us how did you make teaching from home work and how did that impact your family life? because you're you're home, your students are home, and yet you have young children, one of whom was in school. Mm -hmm. So can you speak to that, please?
1: Yes, absolutely. It was challenging, to say the least. Uh, Sam um, took his office. Um, Fortunately, we have an RV parked in our driveway, so he um, did his teaching from the RV. But um, as you know, our falls, Uh, can be extremely hot, and so uh, that soon became, um, well, I'll let him talk a little bit more about that, but it became unbearable, so he had to um, go into school and teach from his classroom. His um, principal was nice enough to let him do that because no one really was allowed on campus with special exceptions. Um, And then for myself, um, I taught at our dining room table and our daughter, um, who was doing kindergarten, um th- via Zoom was in her bedroom doing her class. and so um, that was challenging because sometimes, especially in the beginning, you know it's her first experience doing this. If she had um, technology problems, she would have to interrupt my teaching and I'd have to stop what I was doing and help her. Um, but over time I was we were uh, very proud of her because she became a really good problem solver and able to, solve her own problems. If she got kicked out of Zoom, how did she get back get back in and so forth. So, um, you know, it was a learning experience. And luckily, we also have a two-year-old son and he was able to go to grandma and grandpa's during the day um, when all of this was happening, so.
0: Well, that is impressive that she could do that because many adults can't
1: get in and out of a Zoom yes.
0: meeting. <laughs> did you feel that she kind of naturally um, uh, adjusted
1: To this? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, And she's a social butterfly, so, you know, I think that's what hit her the hardest was not being able to interact with her friends and talk to her friends, not through a computer screen. Um, But as far as the technology aspect goes, I mean, they're digital natives, so it was, like, pretty, you know, second nature to her, and um, she did want to get back to normal school, though, as soon as possible, And it was unfortunate because it's kindergarten and kindergarten you do, you know, carpet time and songs and dancing. I mean, there's a lot of physical movement and interaction, and it's just not the same when you have to do it over a tablet. So So. you
0: literally were teaching in the dining room. She was in her bedroom, and that was her classroom. Yes. And Sam, you were at school...
2: At first, no. I was here. I tried right, to do right. it here mm-hmm. in the in the RV, um, and and so in the spring of 2020, uh, everything was fine. I was able to do that uh, until the school year ended. But as the the new school year 20 uh, 2020 2021 began, uh, and like she said in the fall of 2020, I tried to pull it off, and it just was pretty unbearable out there in the RV. Um, you know, in August. So immediately transitioned to school. There were very, very few of us that uh, went in, you know, uh, wisely, I would say. A lot of people avoided interacting and going into school, but I just didn't really have a choice. So um, it was pretty safe and, you know, I was the only one working in my classroom and all of the protocols were followed at our school site in terms of... You know the questionnaires and such for uh COVID and um, yeah you know I just it's the way I had to do it for most of the school year until we opened on uh, April 19th I believe.
0: Did you uh, find that it may have been an advantage to be back in your classroom as far as being able to um, communicate in a classroom setting?
2: As opposed to being at home? Mm-hmm. Uh you know I, I don't know if It was necessarily more of an advantage for me, as opposed to Allison working from home, Um, you know, in either setting. uh, It was probably uh, more challenging for her being here, so in, in a way I had an advantage in that regard, but it was more of a challenge for her because she also had our daughter who was here and doing her schooling. But in terms of just teaching my own students, I don't believe so. I don't believe there was an advantage. Uh, you know, it was just very challenging for them, regardless of the setting, with their teacher, you know, teaching them remotely.
0: So, so that was the same. Um, how did yeah. you uh, get materials to them?
2: Uh, uh, Alison
0: talked about packets when they first went home. How did yeah? You, how it was, you it was mostly that?
2: digital. I mean, I, I we had. Uh, Periodically, I can think of maybe two or three instances that we had. Uh, we called them grab-and-go events, where the, you know, this the principal or vice principal would set up, uh, you know, an event where we would be able to pass out materials. Parents would be able to drive through, much like they would pick up their lunches, and. Uh, pick up whatever materials they w- we would want them to have for the next two, three, four weeks. Um, so there were like three events uh, that we had that I can remember. Um, but most of everything was just digital, so there really wasn't much to, to pick up.
0: Now, uh, now we're into fall of 2020, mm-hmm. and as you said, you've moved back to the classroom. Um, how did you implement some of those changes that came along because the classroom was starting to evolve by then did you have any in-person learning at that time not yet no
1: we didn't return to a hybrid uh, schedule until april 19th of 2021. so um fall in the fall we it was pretty much you know teaching like normal, but digitally, and so fortunately for me, uh, I have two other uh, third grade uh, teachers, and we work really well as a team, so we collaborated, and we all uh, took on a subject, and we all made um, digital slides and interactive slides for the students in each of those subjects, and that was kind of our teaching outline for the day, and then we made a second set of what we called interactive workbooks. And that was their, what we called, asynchronous or independent work. And um, I'm very thankful for our collaboration, because I think I would have cried. had a nervous breakdown if I had to do all of that planning digitally all by myself. But um, like Sam mentioned, a lot of the materials now, or a lot of the curriculum, is digital. So we're really lucky in that regard. And then um, we were able to use the platform Google Classroom to post all of our assignments for students to access um, when they weren't um, logging into Microsoft Teams and hearing the live instruction. So um, in answer to your question, it changed a lot because in the spring, um, we mostly were just doing, you know, asynchronous work where they would just be doing independent work. It wasn't us or myself doing live teaching and then in the fall it was live teaching with live teaching in the morning and then they would do their asynchronous work in the afternoon
0: and, and Sam in fourth grade that's that's a bump up in in homework and reading and comprehension yeah. and writing how did that work for you how do, how do you up that or, and how do you assess how they're doing?
2: Uh, you know it, it was a challenge it was r- a real big challenge um, it uh, did not work as well as it would normally work under normal circumstances so uh, we had to make do we had to we had to do the best that we can with what we had and um, just you know plug away um, you know given the circumstances I think that uh, students persevered and succeeded as best as they knew how Uh, but I mean in all honesty it just was not uh, it wasn't even close to uh, the same sort of um, environment Mm -hmm. that they were used to
0: fourth grade is a a jump in in their independence yes it's just different yeah yeah so um, but as you said uh, sounds like uh, students still excelled and um uh, do you feel that there was a a variety of responses that may mirror a classroom uh children who were more adapt to technology maybe or more independent yeah
2: there were there were some students that that really uh, took well to that sort of environment um but i would say the majority did not it was quite challenging for the majority of the students um, it just it was it just wasn't the same environment it was it was just a really hard uh, and challenging situation for, for all involved
0: for the students and the teachers yes yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes um have you returned to the classroom you said you didn't uh, you didn't even have hybrid until april So after April, have you returned, or how is that working for both of you?
1: Well, we're on summer break now, but (laughs) it was um, a lot better uh, to be face-to-face with our um, individual cohorts. And I actually, in one regard, preferred it in a way because it was just a smaller class setting, and I got to form um, more intimate relationships. But the engagement improved 100%, and there was a lot, actually zero behavior problems, at least um, in my situation, because Mm -hmm. they were just all so happy to be back to school. um, They just went by the rules. All of them um, kept their masks on, and they social distanced, and I was really, really impressed on how well they were able to follow those guidelines. I was having major anxiety before we went back just trying to figure out how are we going to logistically, you know, follow all these um, guidelines. But um, the kids did a really um, an exceptional job, I felt, um, going back to that kind of situation just because they were so grateful to not be distance learning anymore.
0: And Sam, was that your experience as well? Your students were happy to see you and be in the classroom. Yeah,
2: I would say so. I I would say it was a very similar situation. It was just uh, a relief at first. Um, Of course, you know, as weeks progressed, it became a little bit more of a challenge. Be, you know, um, because then you know at that time we're sort of realizing that the 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 drawbacks of. this hybrid learning where they're only there for two days a week. So, you know, it was great to see them in person and teach them in person for those two days a week, but, you know, teaching a, a, a child for, you know, in person for for only two days a week, you know, then you start to realize that that has its drawbacks too. Right. Uh, you know, students need to be in, in class in front of a teacher, live learning, live, you know, and I need to be live teaching five days a week the way that it was designed to. To, to work, and uh, so as, as the weeks progressed, once we began hybrid learning, other challenges presented themselves. Yes.
0: So that was a new environment yeah. again.
2: Yeah, yeah. Because and of course, it was better than, than virtual learning, right. but still a new Not set of complete. challenges. Complete.
0: Yes. Correct. That actually uh, leads me to my next question Do you anticipate this fall having full time classroom? experience yeah own. it's yes.
2: now been announced that we are returning to in-person instruction full-time full day five days a week and so pretty back excited about that normal. Yes. Yes. back to normal yes, yes. That's That's very exciting family
0: structure yes. and, and all of that yeah. Uh, yeah I'd like to just touch on uh, one little thing here before I forget let's discuss the communication support from parents what has the response from parents uh, been, and did that change as the pandemic continued through last year? Sam, you want to tackle that one
2: first? Uh, i I think the parent response
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah I think that it's been um positive uh, and uh, you know I think that uh, I think that they're they're happy to have their kids back in person, yeah.
0: Did you field a lot of uh, uh, emails or calls from parents with distance learning?
2: Yeah, there was a lot of confusion, Uh, a lot of schedule confusion, a lot of uh, just unknown, you know, there was constant questions about when their child was supposed to be online, when their child was supposed to be at school, Um, just a lot of confusion in general.
0: So, Allison, you think there's going to be a big sigh of relief for all involved? Yes,
1: absolutely.
0: (laughs) Yes, Mm -hmm. everyone's looking forward to that. Yes,
1: and plus with the hybrid schedule, I mean, I understand why we had to do that, but um, like Sam was saying, your child is only only attending school for half a day, two days a week. And so for working parents, that's really challenging. So I think, you know, just schedule-wise... Aside from, you know, uh, learning loss, I think <laughs> um, that was difficult for parents.
0: Especially working parents or yes. maybe odd hours yeah. and, and children needing assistance at home. Maybe that was a, a challenge. Yeah. Are there changes that you've made that you think will become a permanent part of teaching moving forward?
1: Well, Yes. I'm hoping, actually, one positive thing now that I look back at the whole experience was parent-teacher conferences. We did them virtually, and um, for the first time in seven years, I got 100% participation in parent-teacher conference, which was a big hooray, and it was just so much easier now that we live in a digital world, contacting parents and being able to communicate with them in that format. Um, So i hope we keep that practice
0: <laughs> i haven't heard that before so. but that makes sense yeah Your parents are working or you can do that yeah, yeah And they can be at home uh with their children you know taken care of mm-hmm. and uh because they're
2: non-student days and so it makes it very conducive to their uh schedule
0: Right. You can yeah. accommodate that mm-hmm. as opposed to just set hours at school. Yes. And did that work for you as well? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Very, very similarly. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, on top of, on top of that, I think that, um, you know, students, uh, familiarity with, you know, working in an online environment, you know, there's a lot of pluses that can come from keeping everything in a digital, digital format and, um, Know using some of the learning management systems that we did, I think that that is definitely something that can be taken away and used for many years to come. And the fact that these students were forced to learn how to use them uh, appropriately and use them proficiently, I think that we can take that away uh, and uh, you know continue to use that for sure.
0: And since you're both teaching elementary, you're training them to move to. Middle school and high school, where you foresee more digital learning as they get older. As you say, they've gone through this and at least have seen it and experienced it. And definitely
1: problem-solving skills, like I was referring to with our own daughter. You know, they had to problem-solve when their Wi-Fi wasn't working or, you know, they they got kicked out of Microsoft Teams. How do they get back on and things like that. I thought Mm -hmm. that was real-world application that, I think, skills that they, they can definitely use later yeah. on. In life, mm-hmm.
0: period. Yeah. Um, I have one final question for both of you. Um, I'll start with Sam. Sam, what are you most proud of?
2: Uh, uh, I, I would say that I'm probably most proud of uh, just our entire school, our entire staff overcoming the challenges that we did uh, not knowing the answers to many questions um, you know we we overcame a lot uh, you know of course I'm I'm proud of our students uh, for persevering and, and pushing through the challenges but uh, you know we uh, <laughs> we used each other as a support system and it was uh, a very difficult time for a lot of us so I'm very proud of what we, were able to accomplish given given the circumstances yes, I see yeah that.
0: and Allison
1: um, definitely want a second what Sam said as well as a resiliency um, for students and um, all uh, all adults involved um, we definitely had to um, increase our collaboration and perseverance and just it was very challenging but we got through it and it's a moment in history that i don't think we'll ever forget yeah there's
2: no doubt about that definitely
1: uh very grateful for returning back to normal in the fall and also just very grateful for the little things that we were taking for granted before um, the pandemic and how that kind of changed everything
0: Well, sam and Allison. Thank you so much for being with us
1: today. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having us.
0: Please visit our website, www.modal.org. That's dot org To learn more about our exhibits, events, artifact collection, and more. Also, find us on Modal's YouTube channel, Facebook, and Instagram. Museum of Teaching and Learning. We educate people about education. Teaching in the Times of COVID is brought to you by the Museum of Teaching and Learning and is the sole owner of its content.